0: There are over 5,000 COVID-19 cases in the state of Louisiana. The coronavirus has been the cause of death for nearly 250 people. But there are people who survived the virus, thanks to the brave medical professionals sacrificing their lives to care for the sick and stop the threat of the coronavirus. Today, you will meet a COVID-19 survivor, Jim Arubarina. Welcome everyone to the FOCUS podcast. I am Singing Lisa, so glad to have you back with us. And we've been bringing you important people who have information that's been helping us to learn more about this novel COVID-19. And we have another special guest today. So very happy and grateful to have met this gentleman uh, via the airway, but uh, Mr. Jim Arubarina, I think you said is the correct pronunciation. Yes. Correct. So I'm so glad to have you on the show and please uh, let everybody know because by now most of us are having our own personal COVID stories because we've mm-hmm. been knowing so many people that have been affected by this virus which is just running rampant throughout the world and so we definitely mm-hmm. want to invite you to share your story and let everyone know how you became Pause. a part of this.
1: Um, you want me to just kind of explain what happened?
0: Yeah so give us a little yeah. backstory story about yourself. Yeah well,
1: um, yeah, well I'm a uh I'm in my late 60s, and I'm in the high-risk group for the disease. I have um, an obstructive lung problem, and I have a compromised immune system from a stem cell transplant. So it seemed like it was really bad news when I thought I had it. And so um, on the 15th, I started really quick, very hard fever. It wasn't that bad for me, though. If I had like 99.9, it really hurts me, and it, was, uh, it felt like the flu. And... Um, Cough immediately, and so the next day on the 16th, and it was a Monday, uh, the fever went up to 101.5. And so I went right to the ER at Ashima. You walk into the ER, first thing to do is take your temperature, and then they do the flu test the regular flu A and B. If you got the flu, they send you home. If you don't have the flu, they do the COVID test. If you don't have any shortness of breath, they send you home and say, you got to take care of it. Your immune system's got to take care of it on its own. If there's any problem with breathing, come right back. Hmm. So, um, so that's what happened to me. You know, they made me, uh, because of my background and my, you know, the way my records look, they came in the ER room and they made me run around, not run, but walk around the bed about five, six times, just to convince them that I wasn't short of breath, short I didn't have any shortness of breath. And so hmm. because I proved that, I got to go home. Yeah. So I... So I had this, you know, fever every day. You know, um, for about ten days, it was really bad at first. You know, the first five days it was, you know, that real hard kind of flu fever. You know, I had the flu last February, and it was, uh, it really hurt more than that, and it lasted longer. And so then, um, about uh, I guess about uh, around the eighth day, the fever started getting lower, and uh, I'd have longer periods during the day without fever. And then about three days ago, I think I got all those days right. It went away. It was gone.
0: Wow. So well, that's...
1: I, I, uh, And then I got the results of the test that next day. <laughs> and, what... and it was positive. It was positive. It
0: was positive. <laughs> so, okay. so I
1: got the results of the test uh, about, I guess, about 12 days after the test was given to me.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's important because lots of people are wanting to know what is the procedure once you do get tested and um, for some people they do get admitted based on the severity of their condition but for yourself like many uh, and because so many are infected they're being told to go home and and take care of things uh, on your own in the sense that the body is designed to recover itself from yeah. viruses because this is how the body is built. So it's a really internal system that does work, and so they wanted you to go ahead and take uh, the same time to heal yourself, if uh, that be well, the Well, they case. said
1: there's nothing they could do to help your immune system.
0: Just Absolutely. go rest
1: and stay hydrated. I think maybe now they might have some drugs, but anyway. And as far as the test goes, I think now it's quicker, much quicker
0: on mm-hmm. the yeah. result. Yeah, well things have yeah. moved uh, a lot more quickly because people are, uh, the demand is much higher and obviously uh, things, this virus has moved so fast that we're trying to play catch up to at least be able to uh, do what's necessary for people to get tested and so being in your condition yeah like you said they were thinking not so good for you but you've had a different outcome and i think it's a great testament to be able to let everybody know you can survive uh COVID 19 because every circumstance is not the same and i think it's really important that you said uh going home and staying hydrated because so many of the simple and basic tips we've been given are the things that are making the difference primarily washing your hands
1: yes well you know i've, I've heard stories of people that are young you know that were going down it, it doesn't it, it, sometimes it doesn't have, seem to be any rhyme or reason really like they thought and uh but i believe it was god you know yeah and all the doctors all my doctors my hematologist my infectious disease doctor and my niece who's a doctor all told me they thought it was a miracle that i didn't get the, the lung failure uh, the pulmonary failure
0: yeah and, i would so, heard- uh, I would agree because are really Now I, so I now quickly. I found
1: out they're really surprised. You know they're waiting <laughs> for the call. You know he can't breathe. He's back at the hospital. <laughs> and I, mm. now I'm kind of terrified. I like while it was happening, I wasn't really. You know, I, I just didn't think I was not going to be able to breathe. But now that it's over and I don't have the fever and I'm cured, then I have like, to like reverse fear. Like I can't believe I that that almost could have happened. But in a couple of days, I could have been an event that I never got off of.
0: Yes, you were uh, very, very close to a different outcome and a different result. So I can understand everybody's concern because when we hear what's happening to people, it's so quick, it is so fast. And there almost isn't any time to uh, try to help yourself because once you're uh, diagnosed or tested or you go into the hospital, it seems inevitable almost that you're gonna you're not gonna leave out in some cases so i can understand that what was your reaction when you uh well you didn't know the test results but what was your reaction when you uh knew that you had some of the symptoms
1: well you know my doctor my main doctor emailed me he said based on your negative flu test and all your symptoms you probably have so i was just believing i probably had it but and i was just you know trying to make sure that i wasn't experiencing shortness of breath but uh, I was just, I had a little pulse ox device I bought for $45 hours and, you know, the thing you put your finger in, mm-hmm. in the hospital, you know, yes. Yes. and uh, about every four hours, I just proved to myself that I wasn't having shortness of breath, <laughs> you know, and then when I started feeling better, like in the morning, sometimes I wouldn't have fever for a couple of hours and I'd go exercise a little, just try to walk around, the, the, just to make, make myself run out of breath to see what was going to happen.
0: Yeah, um, you know. I'm glad you said that. I was going to ask that question because uh, in this process of eight, eight or nine days now, you've had to basically self-medicate yourself or take care of yourself, and uh, as yeah. they instructed you to. So, what are some of the tips that you would give those listening who well, are in the same condition?
1: The main thing is just having a good stock of a Tylenol, and when the fever comes up, take Tylenol. That's about it, you know. <laughs> and then uh, keep, keep drinking fluids, and then you know. Every once in a while. That cough really wasn't terrible, terrible. Last year when I had the regular flu, I had an unbelievable cough. It was terrible. This cough really never been developed like that. So I didn't need the cough medicine and all mm-hmm. that. They give you that. They send you home with all that.
0: Oh, okay. They send you home with cough medicine?
1: Yeah. They got to send you home with something, you know? something. They don't have anything really to give you. Okay. Right. You can breathe. You're going home. <laughs> that's, the way, that's the whole deal, all right? Yeah. If you have shortness of breath, it's severe if you can breathe well it's moderate
0: so it's really a good idea uh and, and it's good news if you can breathe on if you get sent home that's good
1: yeah <laughs> it, it means that they think you can breathe <laughs> you know, so you're good right. and of course they've they got that thing on your finger the whole time you know
0: the pulse ox, yeah mm-hmm. yes
1: you know monitoring and so if, if it should be like 97 or something if it goes down to 85 you know you're in trouble yes you
0: know? yes very much so well <laughs> but uh, now go ahead
1: Good. I just say I'm, I'm sort of high. Uh, high, I go, I have I had a lot of the medical experiences with a stem cell transplant and everything.
0: Okay. Say so, that uh, once
1: again. I've had a lot of medical experiences. I had a lot of experience in hospitals you know, yeah. because of my stem cell transplant and all the complications. So, uh,
0: yes well how was uh how was everything for you after the transplant because before we knew about covid you were recovering from that and continuing. well that to was
1: oh, i could go on with miracle stories unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> but uh that was another god thing i mean but i got it was 2008 and uh i had uh aml and uh actually it was on a holy land trip that i couldn't climb mount sinai I could not get up the mountain. And by then, I'd had four stints from angioplasty. So I thought I was like having heart problems. Wow. So when I came down, I couldn't get down the mountain and I was really sick the whole time. Anyway, when I got back, I went to, found out uh, that I had to go in for another uh, stent, another more heart pain. Mm-hmm. And the dog, they were fighting over the platelets. I didn't have enough platelets. And they didn't want to do it. You know, the interventionists want to get on with it, you know. <laughs> okay. And the, the, the other doctors were saying, hey, you don't have enough platelets. And so they said, okay, well, you're going to have to go to the hematologist, we're going to do it anyway. So anyway, so did that. And the next time we did a test, it was uh, when I came back from Israel, uh, I didn't have enough white cells.
0: Oh, my goodness. <laughs>
1: and so that brought me the biopsy. And then that brought me the appointment. In the office, not the exam room. Mm. You know, where they hand you the letter and say you have six months. You can go to MD Anderson for a stem cell transplant.
0: Wow!
1: So you had an out-of-body experience and all that. So, um, so there's just uh, you know, many, many stories could be told about um, what happened. I mean, I was totally disabled the first three years, and then. Um, just all kinds of like rejection disease problems, and that goes on and on. I could tell you you know, forever stories
0: about it. Yeah. So did you, in yeah. that process, have to learn how to walk again?
1: Well, yeah. What happens is, uh, and it's better now, but in those days, the only way they could, uh, when you had what's called graft versus host disease, which is the graft, in this case, my sister's immune system, her, her stem cells,
0: mm-hmm.
1: versus me, the host. So it's like yeah. an autoimmune disease. Yeah. Except it's her immune system, not me. Yeah. And so that creates all kinds of diseases, various types of diseases. Mm. So, uh, usually, lots in the lung, a lot of lung problems and uh, eyes, and it takes away your tears. It kills the tear ducts, makes them not produce enough tear. Um, so, anyway, about the, the muscle, they give you tons of prednisone. in those mm. days, in 2008. Wow. Like high doses. As soon as it comes up, you get a rash, and they say, oh, you got it, you have the graft resistance disease. So we're gonna give you 75 milligrams a day of Pregnazone. Okay. Now, when you first do that, that's no more powerful, fast drop than zone. all down with the side effects. It depletes your muscles. It makes your bones soft. It gives you diabetes. It thins your skin on, on, your, on your arms and your shins. so subject to skin tears.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's nothing compared to all the other stuff. So anyway, so uh, when I started, I was two, six feet tall, 230, kind of built like a bear.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: played college football and all that. So you and,
0: were just uh, having a total transformation. And then
1: by 2009, about a year, about two years later, I was like 175 and 5'9". nine Because wow. it, I had... Pregnant zone had given me, um, it prevented the bones from regenerating. And I'm not going to talk about why they didn't figure this out earlier, but and so my bones got very soft very quickly. And in one month, I had seven compression fractures and shrunk three inches in one month, Mm. which started another series, a cascade of things. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> just couldn't stay out of the doctor's it just, office. Huh?
1: It just, yes, you know, kidney failures because they gave me a drug to treat the osteoporosis, which killed my kidneys. Oh,
0: okay, I tell I you, those, the stories side like that,
1: those stories go on and on and on. Okay.
0: It's, the, it's the side effects. My biggest
1: miracle is when I had kidney failure and I had 85% fibrosis from the drugs they gave me. It was acute renal failure. And my wife came in and read me this religious poem. It was a really crazy poem. And right at the end of that poem, this voice—I've only heard a couple of times. You know, I have I always think I'm hearing from God, but in certain ways, you know, you feel like you're hearing something from God. This is a voice I've heard three times. Mm. He said, "Your kidneys are coming back because mm. they had failed, and I was full of fluid. You know, mm-hmm. I thought I was dying, even though nobody told me I was dying. I never lost faith that we're going to come back. So, mm. and doctors come in. Guess what? God told me my kidneys are coming back." <laughs> oh, that's going to be nice. Go over there, yeah, yeah, Mr. Ruberina, Fine, that'll be wonderful. Let us know when that happens. <laughs> and so then, so then, um, of course, I got to go into dialysis. I go into the dialysis place. I announce to everybody. I'm just visiting. God told me my kidneys are coming back. Same thing. Oh yeah, okay. And so, in about the tenth week of dialysis, they came
0: back incredible another great story and, of and these
1: once again these doctors were saying that's a miracle <laughs> they just don't say that often okay they don't like it right. when you tell them the god stories they go that's nice that's mm-hmm. about all you ever get
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we've heard that before <laughs>
1: yeah oh, just nice that's nice okay you know
0: yeah well it, it's incredible so today uh being a few days beyond The stage where they told you you you're safe for the most part. Where are you in the process? You're waiting to uh, talk to the doctor again to get another. Yeah, I'm going to
1: see him, uh, the hematologist, my main doctor, on the 13th, and um, just going to continue with um, these blood treatments I get about every every couple of months called IVIG.
0: You said that uh, Tylenol was your friend. Was there something else you did? You did try to walk to increase your stamina.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, in a in a sick sort of way, just to kind of test myself to see if I was in the early stages of um, any breathing problem, any yeah. change in my breathing. Mm-hmm. So if you, I felt like if I just laid on the couch, which is what I like to do when I have fever, mm-hmm. I might have breathing problems and not even know it. Even even you know, so I just wanted to kind of that's the only thing. But also to build stamina, and you know, every day I could walk a little more. And so it just slowly got better. I mean, actually, I was sick for a month and a half last year when I had the regular flu. But this time, it it took about 10 days.
0: Hmm. That's one of the facts that keeps coming up yeah. in the stories about yeah. COVID-19 is that the flu is actually killing more people. Well, yeah, uh, But we just yeah. don't get this type of reaction uh, like we've been getting in the news. We don't get this type of coverage where we're
1: yeah, just amazing.
0: aware of it.
1: I remember reading about the overreactive immune response in regular flu in certain people yes just absolutely. almost i think this might be a little severe though in some ways you know because of it's related to sars or whatever that means
0: yeah well yeah. i think the the, the intensity uh, and the speed yeah. at which people are getting it right. and, and being affected by it and even dying is really um uh, causing a lot of concern obviously and panic in a lot of ways which is Really relatable to pandemic because it is literally right. everywhere, causing everyone to pay attention, and they're having the the, the challenge to try to get the grips on um, how do we slow this down, how do we stop this, how do we get an antidote, how right. do we get some type of help. So yeah, I believe you know the flu we're used to because we've passed the pandemic stage of that many many years before. But you know we we pray that we get to that point with this where we can one day look back at it and and say. Do you remember when and where were you when this happened?
1: Mm. Oh, yeah. You know it's, it's, it's I mean, you know, it's changing. It's going to change the world. It's going to change our economy for the long term. It's mm-hmm. going to change a lot about the government. Who knows who's going to come out on top? You know, if it's going to be socialism or capitalism. <laughs> but, uh,
0: Absolutely. I yeah. So I
1: think uh, we'll see.
0: Yeah, so what do you suggest when it comes to that? You mentioned some great points because our world is not going to be the same once we get past this crisis right now. Uh, life will be different. I think that even in China, they're very cautiously returning to uh, somewhat of a normal life. They're slowly going back into you know, the streets and to some areas where they were before. How do you see America, uh, or even in your area, um, responding to this change?
1: Well, I think they're going to have to um, find a way to fight a pandemic like this. It's going to keep happening. That has, uh, There's going to be some risk. You know, you can't destroy the economy mm. every couple of years. This is going to come around every couple of years. Going to have, I think it's going to be a real challenge to try to figure out a way. I don't know if it can ever go back to where it used to be, like we just said. Like, in fact, something like 12,000 people have already died from regular flu this yeah. year yes nobody cares
0: right you You know know. (laughs) we got a
1: couple of thousand in the whole country it's like it's a little crazy it's a little insane yeah sort
0: of right you know yeah so
1: why can't we just go back to the old days where some weak people and unfortunate people died from the flu But then they say it's not the flu. I understand it's crazy. I know it's not the flu.
0: (laughs) No, (laughs) (laughs) definitely not. Uh, It's probably a a, a real distant cousin. I don't know, a first cousin. (laughs) But uh, a lot of flu-like symptoms. I think there's some things about it that are
1: more severe. But uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think the death rate is a little higher, according to Dr. Yeah,
0: It's
1: about 1% where the regular flu is 0.1%. Yes,
0: yes. So it's 10 times more than the regular flu. Yeah, and this is definitely not a regular virus, so, um, you know, I'm so so happy to hear your report, to know that you're doing well, and that you have come across the bridge of fever and all of the other uh, symptoms that we've been hearing about so much. It really is good to know that you are on the other side of things and positive and feeling good, you look good. And uh, I'm sure that you're going to have a great visit with your doctor. And he's going to have to say again that God did it, right?
1: Yes, that's, uh, that's where it's been going all these years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, everyone, right. this is Jim. Uh, tell me your last name again so you can say Arub- it. Arubarena. Arubarina. Uh, Ruben Arena. I like that. Right. Well, it's been a pleasure to speak with you and uh, we definitely want to follow up and see how you're doing uh, down the line because I think we'll all be in this uh, situation for a little bit and it'll be one to remember for the year 2020. Yes, thank you. So you take care and uh, we'll be talking to you soon.
1: Uh, All right. Bye-bye.
0: Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. And everyone, let me thank you for tuning in again to the Focus Podcast. I'm singing Lisa. It's been my pleasure to continue bringing you very important information concerning the coronavirus and all that is available for our benefit as we continue to navigate our way through this with vigilance and strength. The hotline number you heard, 504-418-0791, 504-418-0791 is also available in the description area below this podcast. We do encourage you to share this podcast with everyone who can use this valuable information. We can be found on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Breaker, iTunes, and, of course, AnchorFM.com. Share it with everyone. I'm singing Lisa. Until next time, stay focused.